It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Pro Football Weekly and the NFL 1000. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me once again is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are we doing today, sir? Good. Excellent. Excited. Yeah, so coming up on today's show, we are going to uh, jump into our second part of our off-season roster preview. Uh, yesterday, we talked about the Cowboys quarterback room. Uh, we discussed where Dak Prescott needs to improve. Uh, what to expect from Cooper Rush in year two. And we talked about uh, the Cowboys' fifth-round pick, Mike White, from Western Kentucky. If you guys missed that show, make sure you download it and subscribe. Uh, it was a fantastic show. Uh, we're going to be going through all the positions over the next couple weeks. And today we are going to start with our running back uh, discussion. Um, let's go ahead and dive right into uh, Ezekiel Elliott. If you watched the All or Nothing series... Uh, with the Dallas Cowboys this year, you can see how much the Ezekiel Elliott, um, I, I don't even know, distraction. Uh, debacle. Into the, yeah, debacle. That's a great word. Factored into the Cowboys season. Um, despite even this big cloud that was over Ezekiel Elliott, uh, he still performed very well. Um, but I fully expect him to look much different this year in year three. What do you expect from Zeke this year? Yeah, I mean, I I expect, uh, I think, uh, you know, MVP caliber year. You know, I mean, I think that that's not unfair. I mean, considering the situation and considering what, uh, you know, he's 
what he his emotional state is probably like after dealing with a, a frustrating season last year. Um, I think that the team has has clearly you know carved out an even larger role for him in mind, and 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 you know I think the one thing that you know when you look around at all the moves that were made, you can talk about leadership, you can talk about uh, all the other aspects about the offense, but when it comes to who has been given the most responsibility shifted to their shoulders for the movement of the offense, I think it's without a doubt. Ezekiel Elliott. I think you know the, the idea is that the the, the offense is going to continue to be even more focused. You know, of course, tailoring more and more to what Dak does. But I think the idea being that the offense just starts uh, with Zeke. Uh, be that more in the passing game, uh, and obviously on a continued steady diet uh, in the run game. I expect you know ex- two thousand close to two thousand yards. You know, total from scrimmage. Um, you know, as a marker if not more so uh, i think i think that's that's where you you start the conversation at this point um just you know just based on all the moves they've made and and and, you know their intention to try to really work him out a lot and so i think if you know he's shown to be durable if he could play 16 games they sound outrageous they sound like to suggest that 2000 is the expectation for him it sounds ridiculous to say but i think that you know on a lot of different aspects of this team uh, I don't necessarily hold that same level of expectation. Everything is wide open for Zeke Elliott. He's now got one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in football. It, it has an offense that's committed to getting him the ball, uh, and now it's just about going out there and doing it. Yeah, I don't think 2,000 yards is out of the equation at all. It, through his first 25 games of his career, uh, he averages 105 yards on the ground. Um, and, and then another 25 in the air. I, I think they want to get him more uh, involved in the receiving game. So it, will it be shocking if he averages 135 to 140 yards total per game? Not at all. Um, really quickly before we move on, uh, tell us why Ezekiel Elliott is such a special running back. Because I think some people are confused as to what makes him so good? Because he's not the fastest running back in the world. Uh, he's not the most powerful guy in the world. He's not the most elusive. So what makes him such a special player? Well, it's it's just that, that same idea that he, you know, I think you talk about players who are um, who are good at everything but not great at anything. Yeah. Uh, Zeke Zeke is great at everything. <laughs> like he really, he really doesn't I mean, have a weakness. He really doesn't. He, not only does he not have a, a weakness, but there almost isn't any part of his game that isn't wouldn't be a strength to almost any other player. I mean, he he's it's not just that he's balanced, but that you know the depth of his skill set at each one of those. You know, I would say that the one part of his game that we have not seen too much of, or that he we haven't quite had revealed. to uh, to us as much is as a receiver. Um, but, but even then this is a guy who has, I mean, just off the top of my head, three plus 60 yard receptions to his game name, you know, like in, in, in the first two years. So I, I think he's averaging that, 11 yards per catch in his career. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, so I don't think that, you know, the, the guy has problems catching the ball. I think, you know, it's just about getting, getting the guy enough uh, catches and, and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, I, I think that I think that ultimately, um, you know, he 
he really doesn't have any part of his game that, that he's bad at. He's got power. He's got he's got good speed. He's not the fastest running back in the league, but I guarantee you, he's keeping up with almost everyone that in a foot race. I mean, you know, he's got a he's got that kind of speed. I mean, he's he's uh, not the most powerful, but I guarantee you, he's one of the top five running backs you don't want to face in the fourth quarter when you're tired of tackling him all day. Um, and, you know, and you combine all that with incredible vision and an ability to avoid taking big hits due to like subtle movements at the end of his runs. Uh, he's just, he's just, he's very good at every single aspect of his game, uh, and and great. You know, the minimum up uh, for him at any given trait is very good, and and the and obviously he is excellent at several of those traits, which is just a very rare combination. I think his best skill set is his ability to win in short yardage. Uh, I'm looking at his game log right now through his first two years of his career. He has 55 runs on third down and one or fourth down and one, and he's converted 54 of them. I, I mean, that's just impressive in its own right, that when you get to third and one, fourth and one, you know you can hand the ball to Zeke with 10, 11 defenders in the box, and he's going to find a way to convert. Uh, that's a very, very valuable skill to have. Um, and one that I actually, I didn't give him enough credit for coming out of school. So uh, I think that Cowboys, as long as Zeke is on the field, they are going to be okay on offense because he is such a special player. Now behind Zeke uh, this year, they do not have the veterans that they've had in the years past. Uh, Darren McFadden retired late last year. Uh, Alfred Morris, who has been the backup in the last two seasons, uh, has not re-signed with the team. He is a free agent, and, and I, I do wonder if Zeke went down uh, for a long period of time, if that's somebody that they wouldn't at least call. But as of right now, on May 8th, the Cowboys' number two running back is Rod Smith. Uh, Rod Smith actually played pretty well in the second half of the season. He did some things in the receiving game. Uh, he was able to to fill in as that short yardage back. Tell us about Rod Smith and how he fits in here with Dallas. Uh, well, I think Rod Smith, I mean... I think Rod Smith's a fantastically talented player. I, I mean, I think that we, the reason that you you didn't see either one of those guys resign is because I think he's a perfect number two back to come in here uh, and be the backup running back. I mean, I, I honestly think that if if he was with some other teams, he may be at this point in his career, maybe you know, trying to get snaps uh, for as a you know as a starting running back to some team. Sure. I mean, he has a, an athletic skill set. Um, uh, and and a and a talent now. Like I mean, I think he, you know that's the thing is that we started to see him really develop into a, a, a skilled player. You know, uh, these last year year and a half. I, I I think that you know he's always been a very good athlete. Even down back to his days to Ohio State um, when he was he he backed up Zeke in Ohio State too. And I think that you know the question has always been you know getting him uh, to to play as as an athlete more than just a, you know just a I mean I'm getting to play as a running back more than just an athlete you know uh, and I think that that's where he started to see he started to develop as a pass uh, as a pass protector and and he's really really grown as a pass catcher and I think he's he's become such a threat as a pass catcher I, I wouldn't be surprised if they used packages you know we talk we're going to talk about Tavon Austin and a little bit and talk about you know the opportunity to use both him and, and Zeke in, in the, the backfield at the same time or in packages together. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something similar with uh, with uh, Rod Smith as well, just because I feel like he can run routes. I mean, he's played fullback before, so he's used to kind of running uh, running routes from you know, those kind of positions or at least you know uh, operating from that sort of up-back position. So 
I you know I like Rod Smith a lot. I I, I to the point where I I you know I'm obviously Zeke is not someone I'm trying to you know take carries away or touches away. But if I am, I'm glad that I'm I'm, I'm I've got a, a Rod Smith behind him because I I really feel. Uh, uh, good about what he has shown us as a two-way player, and as again as a very balanced back who can come in and and kind of do everything, uh, and, and you don't really need to uh, you know sub him in per situation. I think he's a guy who can come in and, and operate the entire offense for you. Obviously, maybe not quite at the level of Zeke Elliott, but but still very very uh, astutely in his own in his own route. Yeah, you mentioned potentially getting both of those guys on the backfield at the same time. And I want to mention his size real quick. Six foot three, 240 pounds. Uh, there's tight ends in the NFL that are smaller than that now. So would it shock me to see him used as an H-back move tight end, potentially fullback? No, I, I think he could do that. Um, I think you could get a lot of really fun packages with him and Zeke on the field at the same time. Uh, that's a really good point that you brought up. Um, last year, Smith averaged 4.2 yards per carry. 10.6 yards uh, in the receiving game. I think in the second half of the year, you started to see some of his talent be unlocked, especially in that Giants game where he hit an 81-yard touchdown uh, kind of off a Texas route. Um, I'm curious to see what he's going to do. Still a pretty young player in terms of his football experience. Uh, backed up Zeke at Ohio State. Didn't get much work there. Didn't get much work in his first two years of his career as he was kind of transitioning between multiple positions. Uh, the Cowboys obviously like Rod Smith a lot. Um, they want him to be that backup running back. And it also helps that he has special teams ability. Um, he's a guy that's handled kick returns before. He's on all the special teams units. Uh, and that's something that they really value. It's a guy that can do a little bit of everything on game day. Uh, behind Rod Smith is an interesting bunch of players. Um, we'll go ahead and start with the more traditional running back in Bo Scarborough, uh, who the Cowboys drafted in the seventh round from Alabama. Uh, this is a guy that maybe 10 years ago would have been a first-round pick because he's six foot two, 228 pounds, uh, runs in the low four fives, coming from a big school uh, at Alabama. Nick Saban speaks very highly of him. Uh, he's dealt with a bunch of uh, lower leg injuries. But if Ezekiel Elliott is out, would you expect Bo Scarborough to potentially get some of that work or like, kind of explain to us what Scarborough's uh, NFL projection could look like? Well, I mean, I, I, first off, I, I mean, I'm not 100% confident that Bo Scarborough is, you know, destined for the team. I mean, you know, we talk about a seventh round pick. So he's he, sure. I, absolutely. I, I, a lot of these guys, it's more that they don't want to compete in with someone in undrafted free agency. So, I know that a lot of people look at this guy and they look at his resume and they think, you know, oh, is this guy going to be competing for a backup running back? Honestly, I, I view Bo Scarborough as a uh, as a really nice pair of of running of of training camp legs. You know, like a, a guy who's, you're not going to want to, you know, waste too much of Ezekiel Elliott in the preseason. You're not going to want to run Rod Smith down even too much because you you want to have a good solid pairing. Uh, so you, you get a guy like uh, uh, Bo Scarborough who is looking to make a team and um, looking to, uh, you know, and it can handle that kind of workload or he has, has the kind of uh, uh, performance that can at least, uh, you know, help you operate during a preseason, help you succeed and give you good looks during a preseason uh, and, and and go from there. I, I you know, I, I know that everyone kind of looks at Alabama running back. Oh, he's got some pretty impressive test testing numbers. And maybe that's the case. But I, I think that, you know, 
he's a guy that he's kind of like a bigger version of uh, of uh, Darren McFadden in a lot of ways, where he he needs a runway to get going. Um, he's not you know exceptionally explosive or anything like that. I think he could do something running the football for you, but I don't know that he's necessarily guaranteed uh, a, a roster spot based on his draft pick. I, I think what he is guaranteed is that he's healthy. He's going to take a lot of carries uh, in the in training camp and in the preseason to uh, uh, to kind of relieve these other guys. Yeah, see, I think this is where I'll disagree with you because if he's healthy going into the season, I, I kind of think he's a lock to make the roster just because he's that talented. If it really wasn't for his injuries at Alabama, I'm convinced that's a top 100 pick. Um, but there's a pretty extensive uh, injury history here. So uh, if he can make it out of camp in one piece, I think he's going to make the roster. And it really wouldn't surprise me if they figured out a way to get him a few touches if Ezekiel goes down. Um, the next two guys we're going to talk about are type of the, the mismatch pieces, uh, Tavon Austin and Trey Williams. We'll go ahead and start with Tavon Austin because uh, this is a guy that we've talked about a bunch in the last couple of shows, but during the 2018 NFL draft, the Cowboys sent a six round pick for Tavon Austin. Um, and I know Cowboys Twitter uh, was <laughs> they're excited, but they're worried that Scott Linehan will not be able to oh use this God. player. Talk to us about why this makes a lot of sense for Dallas and why they've actually uh, already have a plan in place probably for Tavon. Well, I mean, you know, first off, I I definitely recommend everyone going to find it. I, I tweeted it out the other day, not too long ago, uh, Rafael Vila's article from Cowboys Nation, his website. And if you guys don't know Raf, he is – one of the godfathers of, of Cowboys blogging. And so uh, he definitely has been around and seen it all. Um, but one of the things that he did when, when Linehan first uh, got hired by the Cowboys was kind of go back and look at his offensive previous uh, uh, incantations at other, at other uh, uh, you know, teams that he had been offense coordinator for and head coach. And, and, and he, you know, had this uh, uh, article that he had written about uh, the, the Lions, when he was the the coach there and 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 the offensive coach there and and he the way he used Reggie Bush in in tandem with Joyke Bell. Now, let me be clear. I'm not suggesting that T- Tavon Austin is necessarily Reggie Bush or, or that talented, but I feel fairly certain to believing that Joyke Bell is not Ezekiel Elliott. So, um, but the point of it was that Linehan had a history of using players like this. Uh, and they call them web backs, and I enunciate that because God, you got to be careful. People saying that, uh, and, and, and just you know, I, and I think you know they, but it's just basically you know, a change of pace back. You know, like you can call it whatever you want. Um, they 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 use this player in a, in a variety of different ways, usually to to attack to stretch teams uh, horizontally. In a lot of ways, what they would do it was uh, you know having uh, Bush line up in kind of an F back. Uh, situation and then release that out into the flat uh just kind of stretching a, a defense making them respect that speed and, and you know and, and so long story short he's had a vision for this on, on his offense for a long time um and, and and he even talked about it if you listen to the secret audio when they called Tavon Austin he got on the phone with Tavon and talked about how when he was with St. Louis or maybe it was with when he was Detroit um he was trying to uh, they were trying to get get him on the team, um, so uh, they clearly have a vision for how to use it. I, I'm really tired of 
of, of people asking if if he's creative to using of use crazy enough to using it. I mean, like even if we're just using Tavon for roles that we've already seen this offense coordinator use, I think he's going to have success. So uh, I, I'm excited about it. I think they're going to get him a lot of carries. I, I think. It seems to me that a lot of people are really kind of sleeping on this move a little bit because I really do believe, like this is a guy that's going to get, he's going to he's going to probably be you know one of your top two or three touch you know touch eaters you know target eaters you know this maybe not, not maybe not completely as a receiver but as a running back receiver you know I, I think this is a guy who they're going to find ways to either use him to threaten defenses or you know pay off that threat by giving him the ball uh, in, in, with opportunities with him on the run yeah so just really quickly I'm, I'm looking at 2016 box scores and uh, the lucky whitehead and Lance Dunbar Basically, between those two guys, they averaged about four offensive touches a game. Um, and then Lucky Whitehead obviously did the special team stuff, and we can expect Tavon to do that. I don't think it's impossible for the Cowboys to get four touches out of Tavon Austin per game on offense. I, I actually think it's probably closer to six or seven. Um, I think it's even more it, than that. I, I think it's, I, I think I, it's I'm eight. Being, I think it's eight to yeah, ten because you, you're talking about losing Jason Witten and, and Des Bryant. And you're talking about this being a built-in constraint to what you're already trying to do, which is the which is the run game and in the pass game. You're trying to stretch them horizontally, and he's your underneath guy. I, I really would not be surprised because of the level of safe touches you can get him involved in if if it's somewhere in the eight to ten range, especially because you're considering the loss of Witten and Des Bryant and the shift of the move towards the run game. Him as a constraint, I I, I really. I really don't think people understand how much they may have gotten a a main player of their offense for only a six round pick. Yeah, and I think I think eight to ten is is realistic, but I do think probably four to five per game is probably Tavon's floor. Um, yeah. What he does with those, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, I have a feeling that most of his touches are going to come outside uh, of the tackles on sweeps, reverses, screens, that type of stuff. They're going to want to try to keep him out of. Uh, traffic as much as possible, but that's where Tavon thrives. So if they can, if he can average five yards a touch, they'll love that. And and um, just to be clear, like he doesn't even need to touch the ball to be extremely effective for this offense. Absolutely. Because I mean, just just making that backside defensive end hesitate and not pursue the you know the outside run to to Zeke that much more because he doesn't know if if Tavon's going to get the ball that alone is is has value that is hard to put into contextualize with stats absolutely and um one more thing I know a lot of people are kind of harping on his fumbles because he has he's he's fumbled 21 times in the last five seasons which is a lot um but most of those fumbles if I remember correctly come on special team stuff uh, on muffing punts and being overly aggressive on special teams. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see if he's their primary punt returner. I have a suspicion that they're still going to use Cole Beasley back there in certain situations. Um, but on offense, he actually does a pretty good job of holding onto the ball. Uh, the last guy that I want to mention is uh, the guy that the Cowboys have actually had on the roster a couple different times in Trey Williams from Texas A&M. Uh, Williams is not that dissimilar from Tavon Austin. He's another super small player at five foot. At seven, uh, he's listed at 195. I think that's 20 pounds generous. Um, Trey Williams is an explosive play- player, has uh, ability to make an impact in the return game. He's another one of these space backs, web backs, 
uh, satellite backs, whatever you want to call it. Doesn't run with a bunch of power. Uh, but if you get him in space, he can make defenders miss. He can string multiple moves together. Um, any quick thoughts on Trey Williams? Not, not really. I mean, I think that uh, I think likely he's you know uh, a camp body again. Absolutely. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think he, yeah, he's he's definitely closer to the Tavon Austin mold, but certainly not nearly as explosive or as fast. And I will add this. They're going to bring in probably at least one more other running back to get them through camp and to get them through preseason games. Uh, if you remember correctly, they had Ronnie Hillman in here last year uh, taking snaps after McFadden and Rod Smith and Morris and Zeke. So they will get a couple other guys. Uh, but as of right now, those are your five guys. Well, we've got, one, go. we've got one more guy. Are we going to talk, talk about the fullback? Yeah, we could throw the fullback position here. Let's go ahead and talk about Jameis Zolawali. Yeah, let's do that because I feel like you know, as opposed to throwing into the tight ends, we, we may have a longer conversation with tight ends. So, um, although I think that might be his role, I really think he might be well, more of a traditional. I, I think we should have that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, I think that you know, if you, that's why I wonder if that role isn't changing a little bit because, you know, I, I, you know, I look at Jameis Olawale and specifically they traded for him and I understand that they let Keith go and, and I, I'd like to know what the thought process was in the room. Was it a case that, I mean, if they lost Keith Smith, honestly, that's not like a huge, I mean, it's it sucks because you develop the guy, but it's not like a huge loss, especially, you know, all things considered currently. But I do wonder if now that Witten is gone, how much, that kind of 11th player on offense changes, you know, like, is that more of a move tight end position? Do you start seeing guys like Jameis Olawali take some of those snaps more, uh, you know, is uh, Schultz going to be more of a, a move tight end across, behind the line of scrimmage? Mm. What about like guys like, we'll talk about Noah Brown eventually, but I mean, guys like that who, you know, may, they really liked kind of as a blocking wide receiver. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they classify and then ultimately, how they use these th- those eleventh play- players on defense, the eleventh guy, you know, like the the tight end or whatever that last spot is. But you know, we usually know that they're going to be playing wide receivers otherwise. But just to speak really quickly on Jamez himself, uh, you know, this is a guy who I don't know that you're going to want in the same way as Keith Smith uh, digging a defensive tackle out of the hole. I mean, this is not necessarily the um, the body bag collector, uh, the uh, the kind of defensive, def- like the defensive tackle hole destroyer type, you know, fullback, like the guy that you hope to just create a hole where there isn't one previously. Uh, this is more of a guy who he's going to be a solid blocker on the outside. He could definitely, you know, shield off defensive ends and linebackers. As, you know, I think he would be really good on arc blocks from what I've seen. Um, and then on top of that, he is a threat with the ball. Like I think he, he, he could catch the ball. He could run after the catch. He, I, I'm pretty sure he had two 60 plus yards receptions last last year. Um, so 2016. Uh, 2016. Sorry, yes, 2016. Yeah, 2016. Healthy. Yeah, he's healthy. Yep. Sorry. Uh, so you know, I, this is a guy who, and even with the Cowboys, he was a running back at first, and then they flopped him to fullback, and then he got stolen away from us. At, at, at uh, uh, he, you know, honestly, he was like a successful Rod Smith. You know, mm. because they they didn't really Rod Smith didn't really take the fullback the way that uh, Olawale did, um, so he's Olawale is like a better blocking, slightly less dynamic Rod Smith. So it's that's why it'd be interesting to see you know them uh, uh, see what kind of role they have for him specifically, uh, and, and and if like that the fullback role in general is kind of now changing 
uh, with a look at maybe trying to spread things out a little bit more. And, and you know, in, in college, that role is, is very different than it has been traditionally in the NFL. Yeah, you nailed Olawale because this is a guy that – Keith Smith is a much better blocker, but Olawale does basically everything else better. Uh, you can line him up out of the slot and have him run routes. I watched him against Pittsburgh in 2015. Uh, in the fourth quarter, they just kept handing him the ball because Pittsburgh couldn't stop him in space. Uh, he actually had the tying touchdown in that game. Uh, it kind of shook one of their linebackers in space, and he, he's a guy that at six foot one, 240 pounds, running a four five three. He, he's hard to stop in the open field. Uh, I, I just think the Cowboys wanted to get more pass catchers on the field. I agree. Um, and as much as we liked Keith Smith developing as a pass catcher last year, and we actually thought that was uh, something that was dramatically improved in his game, Olawale can step right in and be a much better receiver. He can give Dak Prescott some more of those layup type of throws that we were talking about yesterday. We'll see what Olawale's role is yet. I'm curious to see because he is a good player when he's healthy, and that's really been the biggest knock on him in the last few years is he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But could they potentially create a role for an Olawale or Rod Smith or Noah Brown? Yeah, I think that's potentially uh, an option. Um, let's go ahead and rate this group. As always, the, the categories are, is it a dominant group, a solid group, needs work, or is it a massive crater? Tell me what you think about the Cowboys running back, fullback group heading into 2018. Well, I think it's a dominant group because I think that especially, I mean, just Ezekiel Elliott alone, frankly, makes it a dominant group. And and and, But when you consider what you have behind it, I, I, I know that to the outside world, Rod Smith may not seem like a, a ton as a backup running back, to, but to me, I, I feel even better about him than I did last year with McFadden and uh, and um, <laughs> I'm, my brain's completely Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris, thank you. So I, I think that you know, I, I just because of the, the you know the 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 arrows pointing up big time with this kid, and every single time they give him opportunity, uh, he's he's shown to uh, have it out there and, and be be able to answer the call. Um, and then on top of that, you, you get Tavon Austin who, you know, it's tough when you're kind of including him in this room because his role is more, you know, of a kind of offensive weapon, sort of nebulous uh, bouncing between the running back and wide receiver room sort of situation. But I think when you measure like the totality of what this provides to the offense him as a you know specific constraint to Ezekiel Elliott and then ultimately a, a specific constraint to the deep uh the deep threats on the in the wide receiver core uh I think that this this group is the the engine that uh that that combined with the uh, offensive line that that drives the fo- drives the 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 brunt of this team, the propulsion of the entire team, not just the offense, but making sure they are, they are the ones who provide for the defense as well. So I, I, I think that this is an elite unit. Yeah. As long as Ezekiel gets on the field, it's an elite unit. Um, without him, I, I get a little bit nervous just because it's somewhat unproven and you really only have one guy that has full-time experience as a running back. Uh, but yeah, this is a dominant group, but it, and it's the strength of the Cowboys team. And when we get to the offensive line, I'm sure that's going to be another dominant group. But yeah, this one is about as clear cut as it gets. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. And make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Lane and at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.